Golf Cat. Presented by Bones Brothers Media. Alright, this is the Bones DK Golf Cast. I am the host, Bones DK. We don't have Edge today, but we do have Wildman, and I'm excited that we have Wildman because there's big news overnight with Dustin Johnson. I'm getting texts all over the place. Saudi League, $150 million. Wildman, your boy DJ, what's going on here? Fill me in. Yeah, in, in what we would consider shocking news, he's joined the Greg Norman backed. Uh, 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 Saudi-backed Live League. And I was thinking to myself, like, there's got to be a massive stack of cash for him to do something like this. And turns out, rumors are, he's been guaranteed $150 million to join this tour. So let's not, let's call it like it is, right? Life's about money. Everything's about business. If you're against this move, let's just say you're not our kind of guy, right? Like, you're a golf historian that thinks he owes anything to anybody other than his family. So, I say good move. I, I think, you know, if you were making that move in any other walk of life, you'd be lauded for it. Uh, and if you're, you know, against this move and you think that traditions and trophies matter, well, you ain't living in 2022. That's a pretty strong take because uh, I've been getting pretty strong feedback on the other side. Uh, the, people are ripping DJ apart. I'm um, saying he's a traitor. He's going over to Saudi. He's backing people that, you know, kill people or whatever. What, you know, does that affect you know, the decision at all? You know, dude, so that is an extreme piece of misinformation that, that the sheep and the public all think. The fact of the matter is this is an eight-event schedule. Half of those events, four of them are right here in America. Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Illinois, Boston, uh, there's another one. I, I can't remember. There's one in London. There's one in Thailand. So the idea that he's going to be like out in the desert in the Middle East with guys with assault rifles walking on the course is, is just nonsense. This is backed by a, a major champion. The money seems to be coming from Saudi Arabia. But, I mean, you know, Mickelson ran his, his big mouth, and, and it's, it's, there's been misinformation everywhere. I say if you were offered $150 million – would you do it? Oh, and by the way, you get to work half the time in America? Yeah, I'm in. I would do a lot for just $150,000, let alone $150 million. So, yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Money talks, you know, big news. We'll see what happens here with DJ. Obviously, DJ isn't playing in this tournament, the Memorial Tournament. Let's get right into it, DraftKings. That's why we are here. Um, and big field this week. Surprised to not see Scotty. Um, so we got John Rahm at the top price guy. And everyone remembers John Rahm withdraw or had to get disqualified last year because of COVID. He would have ran away with the tournament, so Patrick Cantley ended up getting the win. So if Rahm would have won that tournament, he would have had back-to-back -back wins here at the Memorial. So he's leading off $11,100, I think rightfully so. And then you have Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantley, who has two wins here as well. Morikawa, Xander rounding off the $10,000 range. So to me... It's pretty easy to play John Rahm this week. Um, I don't know about single entry, $200 single playing John Rahm, but if you're playing a couple GPPs, uh, you got to get some shares of him as well. And Patrick Cantlay, pretty good form right now. I do like him just with the course history overall. Um, but, you know, those are my top two guys here. Who are you liking in this 10K range? 
Yeah, there are there are some big names uh, conspicuously missing here. Scheffler, Thomas. You know, you, you'd think that this tournament would would get uh, everybody in it as it has in the past. Um, but uh, you know, don't forget too that the ROM withdrawal last year really changed the the history of the PGA Tour because he would have been the number one player going. He, he would have won the event. He would have been the number one player going into the FedEx Cup in all likelihood, won the FedEx Cup. Uh, on the other hand, it's given Cantley another win here. Uh, now, not to say his course history isn't good, but but it gave him the FedEx Cup, gave him another win, another win at the Memorial. Um, so very interesting stuff coming in here. But let's let's talk about the course briefly. This is Jack Nicholas's place, Mirfield Village in Columbus. Uh, we were just talking off the air. If there's any cities worse than Columbus on, on the planet... <laughs> We had a couple. Some of them were in Ohio. Uh, most of them were in that region. But Cleveland. Anyway, uh, yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland. But, uh, no, this, this course sets up like a major. This is how Nicholas wants it. I said this last year on this podcast that Nicholas, you know, loves to talk about how difficult the conditions were in the 70s and 80s and how he's God as it comes to golf. So he set this up with, like, five-inch rough, uh, lengthened the course a little bit. It plays a lot like a major in terms of the greens, the green speeds, the, the penal roughs off the tee. So you're going to have to um, be the cream of the crop in all likelihood to, to lift a trophy here, as we've seen in the past. So we're looking at guys that we think can uh, can play in major-type conditions. Clearly, Rom can do that. Yeah, I mean, Rom like, sticks out right away because remember he was like complaining in the beginning of the year that the course was too easy, he wants it to be more difficult. So just like mentally, Rom going into this, I believe, thinks he's the best player, right? And that's just someone you want to back, is someone that believes they're going to win this tournament. And he wants to. He's out to be the number one player in the world. Rom wants it. And then you have like Rory McIlroy. I know he's playing amazing right now, but I don't know how bad he, he really wants this tournament right now. You know, Patrick Cantley has good history, but then you got into Morikawa. I mean, how 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 bad does Morikawa want it right now? I like his price at ten thousand four hundred. Then you have Xander Shoffley. I believe Xander is a little too priced, uh, high priced this week, ten thousand two hundred. I get where people are coming from where they like him this week. He has good stats and irons right now, but ten thousand two hundred, man, that is a, an expensive price for Xander, especially when you got Cameron Smith and Jordan Spieth down there, even Victor Hovland. Well, I want to remind you of this too. The 2020 workday was played at this course, at the Memorial. So it went back-to-back weeks at Memorial two years ago through the COVID pandemic. And if you recall who won that event in 2020, it was last year's runner-up here, Colin Morikawa. And we just said, can he win majors? Can you play well at major-type courses? I'd, I'd say so, right? Two wins, a slew of other good finishes. Uh, he's definitely a guy to watch. Uh, and a guy that sets up well for this course. So, you know, the putter has been dreadful for him. Yeah, look at these putting late. stats here. Um, and, and you know, it, it's so funny because if you look at his stats and then you go down to 9,900 and you look at Cam Smith, very similar. Now, here's a question about Cam Smith I want to give you. Can he play well at majors? Well, sure. You know, final group at the Masters a couple of times. Uh, can he win big events? Won the Players' Championship. Now, if we say Cameron Smith, we say best putter in the world, right? Best putter in the world. Well, listen to this. He has lost strokes often with his putter lately, which is sort of a, uh, an oxymoron of what we talk about with him. 
The last four times Cameron Smith has gained a single stroke putting, he has no worse than a finish of fourth place. Two wins, a third, and a fourth. That's the last four events he's gained a single stroke putting. So terrible course history here. But where he is right now, recent form and his ascension to an elite player, are you type course? I'll take it all day long. Yeah, you are talking about his course history here. He has a 65th cut, cut, 68th cut. But I figure, like, Cameron Smith is kind of a new player this year. I mean, you can't really, you know, that's just history, right? He's a new person, kind of like Sam Burns. Sam Burns probably doesn't have great history at every course either, but now he's winning every tournament. Same with Max Homa. These these guys are, are young, new players. So I'm not looking too much into history here, even though this is a course that is it, it, it's played at the same course every year, and it does seem like a couple guys do pop up every time at this tournament, like Jordan Spieth and these guys. But I like Cameron Smith as a sneaky play here, especially because early projections are have him lowest owned uh, next to Hovland. So Hovland and Cameron Smith are being kind of overlooked right now. I can see Hovland being a little overlooked with his around the green game, but Cameron Smith, man, I kind of see him as a sneaky play this week. 9900 that's still a great price. Here's another thing I want to add to that. The guy right below him is Jordan Speed. Yeah. Uh, the four par four, the four par fives on this course are the four easiest holes on the course. So you're going to have to take advantage of them. Speed is ranked number one in our projection in par five scoring. So he's a guy you look at, right? Also, remember this. Last year at this event, guess who was the highest priced golfer on DraftKings? Who was it? Was it was Jordan Speed. Oh, wow. What's he done since then? He's won twice, and now he's falling down the rankings. So he's a very interesting guy to look at here. Uh, again, number one par five scoring, uh, good finishes here. Number one DraftKings priced here last year, and he didn't have two wins going into that event. So perhaps some extreme value here. But I expect him to get a lot of ownership. And when you get Cameron Smith in a big event, where the greens are difficult and short game needs to be relied upon, uh, it just seems like he's the man. And if you're getting him at like 5% across some contests, I mean, how can you pass that up? Yeah, I tend to agree with that. He's a great pivot off speed. And the, you know what? Since whoever's watching, I'm going to give a little, little preview of projections here. So um, come over here and... It looks like Xander Shoffley right now is getting the most love next to Rory McIlroy and and uh, Jordan Spieth. And I'll tell you what, we weren't really looking at Rory or Xander. I'm, I'm leaning more Akawa, Cameron Smith, uh, Smith and Spieth here. So I'm liking the projections so far. Hopefully everyone jumps off Xander or on Xander and, uh, and he does not make the cut. Xander, is he good enough? I mean, listen, he's going to get a T15 probably, right? At $10,200. dollars I mean, I, I need to have a winner out of there. And if I'm paying for anyone, it's it's either Rom or Colin Morikawa in that 10K range. Um, and then we come down to the 9K range. And yeah, Jordan Spieth. This is where we see the value here. Obviously, Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth. Big Z. I, I'm a big Z guy. I'm a big, big Z guy. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. His, his putter just still scares me, even though his price is great at 9400 I think Hovland's price at 9300 seems a little low, but again, he sucks around the green. 
I don't know. Those two guys are I, I consider about the same player. And then you have Matthew Fitzpatrick. F- Matthew Fitzmagic. Due for a win here, man. Great history. Great uh, recent form. And Shane Lowry rounding off the 9K range. To me, I'm almost starting my build with Matthew Fitzpatrick and Shane Lowry to start my whole build. Both these guys, I think, have a serious chance to win. I've been playing these guys all year, and they've been paying off. And you're talking about major-like conditions. These two guys show up in the top five almost in all the tournaments this year. I love these prices. I'm sure you know they're going to garner a lot of ownership. But man, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, I'm torn between which one, and I think I'm going to just start with both. Where are you leaning with this range? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, uh, to the guy you mentioned first in this range, and it is Zalatoris, man. Uh, you know, yeah, sure, he's got a couple of missed cuts recently, but when we're talking about ball strike, you know, like Harris English last year going into the U.S. Open, if you recall, he bogeyed the 72nd hole to drop from like second to 13th in the event leading into the U.S. Open, but we had already decided Harris English is our guy at the U.S. Open, and he paid off. I feel the same way about Zalatoris. I mean, you know, he was just in a playoff at a major where ball striking was critical, where hitting fairways was was uh, uh, absolutely necessary. And everybody keeps ragging on his putter. Well, they've like, you know, there's some similarities to Augusta here. He's got a second and another good finish. He's now got a PGA championship. We just talked about major light conditions. I mean, look at this guy in the biggest events. Uh, I'll take one of the best ball strikers in the world. He's gained a little bit of weight, added about 20 yards to his tee ball. And uh, if you watch the PGA Championship, certainly you saw him just, I mean, gripping and ripping and, I mean, tearing it down the middle. Now, what are we going to do? Are we going to knock the guy for having the, the biggest letdown of his career, losing a major championship playoff, and then missing a cut the next week? I'm not going to knock him too much for that. I'll, be, I'll back the best ball strikers. I'm backing Zalatoris here. Yeah, I like it. I, you know, I'm going to have to get a Zalatoris lineup in now. And this week, I'm definitely entering multiple $220 lineups because $300,000 up at top. I'm looking for that top prize, man. $300,000. we are due. You know, we're due for that $300,000. We have a couple small ones in the $200 singles. We're due for that GPP win. And I feel like it's coming this week, especially with the guys we like this week. And let's go down to the 8K range. Sung J.M., Cameron Young, Max Homa, Davis Riley. I love all four of those guys. I mean, tell me a knock on either of them, any one of those guys. Then you have Daniel Berger, Connors, Neiman, Answer, where I think a lot of these guys are not going to get high owned. So probably good pivots on those top four guys because I know a lot of people like Cameron Young, Homa, and Riley. Um, Obviously, Neiman, Answer. And then you have sneaky plays with Keegan Bradley, the Jackson Hole uh, professional and Mito Pereira at the very end. So um, obviously, I'm leaning Homa in this range, 8700. I believe you are too. I think Davis Riley is the real deal. He was roommates with JT. Uh, I think he's a young guy that's actually just showing up and, and is a great golfer. Just needed his chance. Um, and then Joaquin Neiman. So who are you leaning in this range? Yeah, I mean, I do like Homa. I I, I also would would. Um... You know, my piece of advice is don't put too much weight into one win on the PGA Tour. Like, Homa has won here, okay? Not at this course, but he's won recently. So that's big. But Cameron Young has been on the doorstep. And and you could argue it's just as hard to finish second in an event as it is to finish first in an event. You know, I mean, first in an event. Like, it might just be one putt or one bad break 
that causes you to finish second rather than first. Cameron Young has these finishes. Davis Riley has this finish, uh, losing in a playoff to Sam Burns, who is arguably the hottest golfer in the world right now. Uh, I do like Cameron Young, though. I think I, I just told you ball striking is critical here. Getting long off the tee is going to help. We watched him a couple of weeks ago pull out the driver and mash it like 379 in the middle of the fairway. And he was right there knocking on the door, had like a 12-footer to join the playoff at the PGA Championship. What what can you say about this guy that you don't like in terms of ball striking? Uh, feels like he's due to win. Feels like he might be the 2022 version of 2020 Scotty Scheffler and Zalatoris, maybe? Yeah. I, I like break through with just a couple of wins and, and do something big. Um, and then I would also just say uh, the most, probably the most hated guy on this podcast is, is rating out third in my model. And it's, uh, it's Booger. <laughs> I already had the, I had my, my mouth hovered over his name right when you said, I didn't know who you were talking about. I was like, it has to be Burger. Daniel, pick my Booger. Yeah, Daniel Berger. I, I, you know, I'm not on Daniel Berger. I'm not going to be on Daniel Berger. The, the two guys I'm looking at are the Chili, the Chili guys, Joaquin Neiman and Mito. Mito. So, you know, I keep finding myself getting that price discount on Mito because, you know, going down to him because it saved you $300. Because, I mean, look at these finishes, man. I mean, just churning out top 25s and top 10s. Great performance at the PGA and Charles Schwab. His stats are there. He's an all-around good player, and we've been riding him for a long time, so it's hard to say no to Mito. And then you go over to Neiman here. Pretty good finishes, but no no top fives or tens. So why wouldn't you drop down to Mito there and save that $300? I'm big on Mito still, even though he's going to be high-owned. I'm going to eat that chalk. I'm not going to miss on that Mito win. I think this course fits him well. And the only reason I like Neiman is, is, is also is because I think they both perform at similar courses. So if Mito is going to do well here, I expect Neiman to do well here. And he can pop off for a top five or a win at any point. So I think I see him as a sneaky play. I don't think he's getting that much ownership. I think everything everyone's going down to Mito there. So hammer Mito. Keegan Bradley is a great pivot off of Mito if, if you're trying to get off that ownership. And Joaquin Neiman. Uh, one other guy I wanted to ask you about was Corey Connors. I know a couple people were asking about him. What do you, what's your take on Corey Connors, Stevie? Wild man. I, I do like Corey Connors as well. I mean, uh, um, you know, had to cut at the PGA Championship, but I mean, cut, leading up to that, it was it was really good form. And I mean, look, these guys aren't all Tiger Woods, right? Everybody misses cuts once in a while. It hurts that he did it in the best spot. But, you know, if you're going to put that much weight into him missing at the PGA, you should also put as much into him finishing in the top five at the Masters, right? Or top eight, maybe. I, I can't remember where he finished at the Masters. I know he was there. Sixth place. Um, sixth place. Okay, so, I mean, Connors can do it. Uh, and he's a steady Eddie T to green. I believe he's got a ninth here last year, maybe. So, yeah, I, I think he's sort of just fallen out of, out of goodwill here, um, good faith here amongst most of the crowd. Okay, didn't finish ninth year last year, but um, yeah, Tita Green player. Yeah, Joaquin. Neiman, by the way, what was I, that? I, I feel like I feel like Neiman and Pereira are actually like their prices are probably accurate, but where they are, who they're surrounded by makes it a little inaccurate. Like I think Neiman should be ahead of some of these mid to higher level eight K guys. Uh, like a Davis Riley, let's say, because Neiman's been there. Neiman's won. Neiman's been on the tour for a while. 
Uh, seems like he's a little underpriced this week. I don't know if I love him because he, uh, you know, his game is is straight off the tee, and he hasn't been playing that well off the tee. But he's certainly a guy that can pop. I'll tell you what, I've made a few lineups already, about 10 in the $20, and I find myself having Neiman and Mito in the same lineup. So I'm going to be riding them hard this week, and then I'm going to do a few lineups without them completely, and then a few with just one of them in each one. So that's how I'm going to build my lineups this week. And I'm going to have a lot of Cam Young, a lot of Max Homa, and Riley, and then I also like him up there. That that whole range, man, I'm, I'm having trouble with a single entry this week. I keep finding myself just depositing, depositing, depositing these $20 lineups. My bank's going to call me here soon for Max entering uh, $20 deposits. <laughs> so, anyway, just keep moving on to the 7K range. Patty Reed, he's in really good form right now with a 5th and a 10th in his last two appearances here. Adam Scott, someone I like. Jason Day has some good history here. Aaron Wise. Big name, ninth place last year after two missed cuts here. So he's actually only one for three here. Could that be a trap? And then you come down here a little bit lower, who I don't like too much in the 7K range. I like Ryan Palmer down at 6,900. But Wildman, who do you like in this 7K range? Um, I like Reed and Scott. Who are you liking? Yeah, yeah. One of these guys uh, sort of is a sore thumb, and he sticks out like a sore thumb down here. Patrick Reed, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, coming off a of seventh, with good history here in a grinders type course, he's won at Augusta. He's won many times on the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, short game matters around here with fast greens and long iron shots, and you know a lot of scrambling. And, and typically, you give him an edge there when scrambling and and short game is is critical. So uh, that is a low price for Patrick Reed. I'm not saying I love him, but certainly he should be more like 8,600. And you, almost, uh, 79. you almost have to play him at 7,900, man. Coming off a of seventh place with really good history. His irons are there. He's good around the green, which you're going to need. He can putt. Obviously, his driver's a little little shaky, but obviously he's doing something right yeah. right now. So I love Patty Reed, 7,900. Yeah. Who else do you like? Yeah, I do like Aaron Wise as well. Uh, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Chris Kirk and Siwoo Kim as guys that I would try to fit in. Kirk is rating out well for me. Uh, in every metric that I've run on Fantasy National. And, you know, he kind of strings them together, doesn't he? Like, he'll have a 7th, a 14th, an 18th, a 7th, a 6th. And then he, you know, obviously had a couple blips on the radar, but now he's coming off a 5th and a 15th, uh, playing playing really well. And uh, a guy that I I would expect to finish well is uh, also, Siwoo Kim's just has the course history here. Um, so, be I'll ready. Siwoo Kim a look. Be ready for a lot of missed putts out of Kirk this week. I hope he does well. I'm going to play him as well. Just be ready. I'm talking, I feel like I'm talking really fast today. I'm just chugging a cold brew as we're doing this. <laughs> it's all hyped up. <laughs> I, had to have my, uh, I had to have my blood taken this morning. So I've been fasting for 16 hours. No and, food, uh, just cold brew. Haven't eaten probably today. Right, right. I'm just pumped full of caffeine. I love this tournament, man. We went to this tournament back in... Uh, Years ago, and we went to the practice round, me and Wildman. We was, Tiger Woods was there, Rory McIlroy, VJ Singh. I, I said something to, to Tiger. I think I said Mr. Woods or Mr. Singh, and they, they both turned around and shook my hand. I was about a 13-year-old, like, with chubby face and, you know, crooked glasses. I was like, Mr. Singh, can I, you know? But, man, what a, what a tournament that was. Also, Jim Furyk was there, and this is an embarrassing story of, uh, I'm going to tell real quick. I thought he was from Pittsburgh, Jim Furyk. 
So when I was next to him, I was like, Pittsburgh kid, Pittsburgh kid. And he, and he was like, what the hell are you yelling at, man? I'm from Philadelphia. So that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm pretty embarrassed now. I, I thought you were from Pittsburgh. <laughs> but what a tournament, Columbus, Ohio. Pittsburgh dies, maybe. But but here, here's another here's another. Iger, Phil, Rory, and uh, and there was a fourth guy there. If you could guess that guy, I'd give you a hundred thousand dollars. You you were kind of breaking up there. So it was, who was it? Rory, Phil, and Tiger. Let me let me try this. Let me try this again. The the skins the skins game came through. It was Phil, Tiger, Rory, and a fourth golfer. And it's the first time that that guy's been lumped in with these three in his life. I guarantee it. And it was all cut to the chase. It was Sean O'Hare. Oh wow! I was trying to remember. Yeah. What was O'Hare doing there? Somehow Sean O'Hare got into that foursome, and I'm sure they cleaned his clock. But uh, <laughs> that was yeah, awesome, man. Rory was like still young then. He was only like 18 years old. That that was awesome. Great tournament yeah. to be at. Uh, but anyways, to round up the show here, anyone you like in the 6K range, I like Ryan Palmer, uh, really good history, and Lipsky and Brandon Steele. Who else do you like, Wildman? Yeah, I want to give uh, I want to give one of our boys a little bit a little bit of props here at 7200. I mean, if you're if you're looking on paper as a, as an amateur DFS player, you're probably like, wow, Ricky Fowler, you know, put down the Corona and Lime. Get the driver out. He's got that. He's got that thing where he's got the blue, the blue uh, 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 blockers on now. He's got the mullet. He's got the style. You know, living his life. I'm sure. Um, coming in off some made cuts, and, and he's got good history here. So, could it be the the uh, the renaissance of Ricky Fowler this week? Maybe he, he was popping up on my model as like number two and three actually. Him and Jason Duffner was was popping up sixty one hundred. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You, you didn't tell me that before, but those two guys do have similar games, like low ball flight off the tee, fairway hitters, decent iron players. Uh, Duffner's been a horrible putter, but I mean, look, Fowler. You know, clearly has it somewhere in him. Yeah. He's the last guy, by the way, to finish in the top five in all four majors in a season. Man, wouldn't that just be epic this week if Ricky Fowler pulled this off? I mean, that would be a huge win. I think everyone would be backing him. Everyone loves him. I mean, how can you not like the guy? Yeah, I mean, remember the remember the uh, Instagram video where he's got the, you know, his, his girlfriend's laying in the bikini with the thong, and he's got the tea in her butt crack, and <laughs> hits the tee shot off and grabs the Corona? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. You know, all day long. I would love Ricky win. And, and Duffner, man, I don't know what's going Co- B. Kobe's going to be upset that I, I said that on air because he was trying to have that as a sleeper. Duffner, he kept popping up the model. Let me ask you one other guy because he was popping up with Ricky Fowler and Duffner. Lucas Glover. Now, he kept popping up on my model. Does he fit Ricky Fowler and Duffner's game? I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Glover's always been a great wedge player. Um. And, you know, he's a U.S. Open champion. We, we say that, you know, the take on him never really changes. It's like it's like 17th place or missed cut for him. Um, of course, he hasn't finished in 17th in quite a while. Like, but, uh, 23rd of the PGA, man. I mean, that's that's not bad. 18th at the Valero Texas Open. I mean, 30th at the Masters, $6,500. If he's coming in 13th at the top 30, you're getting paid off there. 6500 is playable for him. 
Um, I wouldn't risk big money on him in single entry type stuff. Um, but you know, cause he's just, he's just such a hit or miss player, uh, who hasn't exhibited the consistency you're going to need to win. Like, uh, a lot of double bogeys out of him here over, you know, recently Yeah, and I just well. wouldn't expect it. I, I don't consider him a great player off the tee. The, the flyer of the week though, you just mentioned him. We're steel city guys. We're going right back to Brandon steel city flyer <laughs> of the week at 6,600. Um, Love him. Love him as a par five player. And, uh, you know, ninth at the PGA. Check out Brandon Steele's stats as well here, man. Let's scroll down. I mean, look at him off the tee. You want to be consistent off the tee. He can hit it far. Gained 7.5, 7.4 on approach last week. 2.3 the week before. 4.2, 3.1. Those are good irons right there and a good player off the tee. He just can't putt either, it looks like. Yeah, and you can look at the Arnold Palmer as well, an encouraging finish out of steel at 26. I mean, that's that's a that's an invitational. So again, only 120 golfers with with uh, tough conditions, you know, set up for a long style course. And he's he had a good finish there. He had a good finish at the players, and he had a good finish at the PGA. So he feels like a very easy Flyer of the Week this week. Love it, Flyer of the Week, Brendan Steele. All right, guys, that's going to be the show. I know I'm not Edge, the host, but I tried my best. What can you say? Hopefully we gave you some good intel, and hopefully we win tons of money this week. Hey. DM me if you'd like. Top players are going to be posted with it. What's up, Wild Man? Final thought from me. If you turn your back on DJ, you turn your back on me. Oh, man, that's a strong take. That's a strong take. A lot of people are turning their back on DJ. <laughs> I am no comment. I am simply the host, as Edge would say. Hey, wait, wait until Elon Musk buys the the XFL or something and starts offering college football players $20 million a year. Then what are you going to do? We'll save that for the college football show. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Good luck this week. DM me if you'd like. Top plays will be posted with the show. We'll talk to you later.